0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Valor, Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as you can hear, uh, there's a dog that just bark. Yes, I am recording in my backyard. Which I'm really excited about because we put up these uh, string lights. So it's actually evening time. So there's string lights all around me. My backyard is all lit up. I mean, you talk about ambience. Like this is not just ambience, this is on the arts. So my my chance to be a little bit fancy though. But I, I am excited. There's actually several things I'm excited about. One we're entering to the holiday season and my wife was giving me a hard time because I've already started listening to Christmas music and my wife was like, it's too early. You can't officially begin to listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. But for me, hey, I, I love the season, I love the music so I have it going on in my car. It is like party Christmas central that's happening. So that's one thing i'm excited about the holiday season that's coming up and i know that this coming thursday is going to be thanksgiving so i just wanted to encourage you next week to be careful with the family i know that COVID is is, is still a challenge so be careful but have fun have a great time and what a difference is going to be this year with being actually able to have family gatherings so looking forward to that can't wait it's going to be fun to see my wife's extended family. My personal family is in Atlanta. So having this opportunity to hang out with my wife's extended family is going to be so much fun. Looking forward to that. The other reason why I'm so excited is because we have been announcing, launching the next steps, a new link on our website that will allow people to be able to take steps for growth in their own personal relationship with God. and. We launched it last Sunday, so excited about it. So if you're at a point where you wanna begin to take steps of growth in your relationship with God, check it out. So when you go to the next steps page, there's the initial next steps link and it'll have a few videos there, things on like welcome to the next steps. There's also why take the next steps, how to approach the next steps. And then we completed the first link, which is Bible study. Uh, And so, again, there will be a video on why study the Bible. And then there's uh, three different methods that I talk about that you can utilize for studying your Bible. One is called the SOAP method. And then I I explain what that is, but also I I give you an example of the SOAP method on the website that you can kind of look through yourself. Uh, And Then also I talk about reading plans and I talk about the two types of reading plans and give you links for reading plans that you can choose from. And then finally, I talked about the Discovery Bible Study Method, which is a great thing to do if you have friends that you want to begin to read and study the Bible with. It's a great method for that. So go into that. So that's done. That's exciting. That's exciting. So go there. Please, please, please check it out. Check it out. Check it out. And there's also videos there for explaining all of those different methods and everything as well. Uh, The next one that I'm working on is prayer. And so hopefully I will be able to release that within the next few uh, weeks or so. But so, so excited about those things. And it it just comes in line with what it is that I desire to do. And that is, I want to make sure that people have tools. Like one of the greatest challenges, if you want to develop a really great and dynamic devotional life, a prayer life, a Bible study life, a life where you interact with God, sometimes the greatest challenge is where do you get started and how do you get started? And so with all of those things that we give, and I I mentioned this on the website, it, it may seem overwhelming because of all the tools that are there, but I would prefer to put as many tools there as possible. And then you can just experiment and try different ones. And if you find one that works for you, please, please, please let me know. If if neither of them works for you and you try something else that works for you, also let me know. There's a link for my email on the first page of the Next Steps menu or the Next Steps link. So you can click that. You can email me. Let me know about your thoughts as well as your adventure. And if there's any other techniques that you tried, we'd love to be able to hear that as well. But again, we are in the middle of this series uh, that we've been doing called Rock Solid Faith in a Shaky World. And, And no doubt, there are two people that exist right now. Actually three, let me change that. There are three people that exist right now. Those who are about to go through it, those who are going through it, and those who have just finished going through it <laughs> that's that's about it going through it is one of those things that is inevitable in life uh, let's just hope that the through it whatever the it is is not so detrimental to our lives that it becomes an insurmountable challenge but that's all we've been talking about this issue right that's what we've been talking about faith and how to have faith and what does real faith look like and How do we implement it into our lives? So so I really do hope that this series has encouraged you. And what we've done is we've been looking at what are the commonalities of people who have a rock solid faith. And we said one of those commonalities is they apply on Monday what they learn on Sunday. So one of the things that we're committed to doing at Encounter is to try to make our teaching as practical as possible. So that way you can look at how am I doing with implementing this into my life? Because when you read through the scriptures, people would say that Jesus Christ taught with so much authority. But you know the real reason why he had the authority? is because it was so practical. That was the first time people had heard something where they took the scriptures and someone broke it down for them that was so practical. Things like if you are going to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar. go and reconcile that relationship, and then come back and offer your gift. That for them, was mind-blowing. It was so practical. If you're trying to correct someone about the problem that they have in their life with a speck of dust in their eye in their eye, well, look at the log that you have in your own eye. Look at the log that you have in your own eye. So literally what Jesus was saying is make sure you check yourself before you check someone else. Again, wow. So stinking practical. And and for those that have a rock solid faith, they, they put themselves in a place where they're able to have a teaching that they can say really is practical everyday life, and it's changing their lives. So that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing that we've seen is for people that have a rock-solid faith in some way, form, or fashion, they are serving in ministry. They're investing their life. Uh, they're making a difference. And, and sometimes what they're finding is they may serve in ministry in a way that they don't feel qualified to do so, and then God steps in, God does something incredible, or God works in spite of what they feel may be a limitation. And what that does is that builds faith for them or they invest in someone and they see that person's life change. So that's another element is a role model. They have someone who they were able to be a role model for. And so they look at their life and they see their life and maybe they're becoming a better wife, a better husband, a better boss, a better employee. I mean, we can go through the list. Maybe they're breaking addiction. But they're looking at their life and they're saying, God, you use me to do the work that work in that person's life. Look how their life is changing. Or maybe they had someone who was a role model for them, someone who came along at just the right time, someone that maybe was a stepdad and your mom got married and now your new dad is is a Christian and, and he is a guy that represents Jesus Christ really well. And as a result of that, you start to go to church, your family starts to go to church with your stepdad And all of a sudden, you get new insight about Jesus and about who he is. Maybe you have a neighbor, and that neighbor introduces you to Jesus. Or maybe you have a coworker, and you begin to talk to them about Jesus, or they begin to talk to you about Jesus. But the conversation begins to happen. It begins to flow. And as a result of that, you make an eternal decision that's going to change the direction of the rest of your life. So that's another commonality is They were either a role model for someone or someone was a role model for them. And then the next thing that I wanted to look at when it comes to people who have a rock-solid faith, what you see is they really value the spiritual practices and the spiritual disciplines. They recognize who Christ is because of the time that they've been able to spend with him. And again, what we've said over the course of this series, when it comes to faith, that the root of faith is trust. And how can you trust someone that you don't know? How can you trust someone that you don't know? And we've also been looking at this idea of following Jesus versus belief in Jesus. And the thing that you'll find is when you decide to follow Jesus, there's a lot more skin in the game than there is in simply just believing in Jesus. The truth is anyone can believe in Jesus. As a matter of fact, there are some people that we know that are very vocal about believing in Jesus and because they're so vocal about believing in Jesus, and we look at their lives, and we see the hypocrisy that's there. We see the lack of correlation between Jesus and their life. And so for many of us, we've decided that we will not follow Jesus because of what that person does who says that they believe in Jesus. So what we're doing is we're looking at how important it is for us to say, I want to implement the truths of scripture into my life. I want to implement them into my life so that when people actually look at my life, they will actually say, wow, I see Jesus in him. I see Jesus in the way that Ken encourages his kids. I see Jesus in the way that Ken handles that irate customer. (laughs) and I'll tell you, we had our mobile food bank last week and actually uh, Stan, our associate pastor, usually runs the mobile food bank and I'm just there to help him out. But he went on vacation last week. I think he set me up. (laughs) I really do. Because we had more difficult people last week when it came to parking. Like we never usually have this issue with people blocking traffic and blocking driveways. It was more than it's ever been. And thank goodness we had all of, enough volunteers. So thank you for those of you who come, who volunteer for that. Because of you doing that, it actually freed me to be able to make sure that we kept the traffic clear. It also freed me to, to, to get people to leave somebody's driveway. <laughs> you don't wanna, And it's, it's, the, the thing that made it really bad was the driveway that this person decided to park in was also the driveway of someone complaining in the past about someone blocking their driveway. So I knew the house and I was like, man, you gotta move your car. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, 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 you've already said sorry once. Sorry now is move your stinking car. <laughs> but I'll tell you, man, I really had to lean into Jesus in that moment, in that conversation. But that's the thing that happens, is people are able to see the way that you handle conflict, the way that you handle trials, the way that you handle hardship. They're able to see you and they're able to see that there's something different about your life. There's something different about your life. And the only way that we can get to that point is we have to move from believing in Jesus to actually following Jesus. See, I can believe in Jesus and do nothing to change my life, but it's impossible for me to follow Jesus and not change my life. There's far more skin in the game. But again, also, how can you follow someone you don't know? How can you follow someone? And live the kind of life that you were created to live or designed to live. How can you live that life when you don't know what that life is? I I want to make this really clear. For those of you that know me, you know that I don't operate from the perspective of trying to make anyone feel guilty about what it is that they do or what it is that they do not do. That's not my goal at all. It's not my, it's not my role. But I, I do hope that at least you feel uncomfortable because there's a part of you, not uncomfortable because you're guilty, but uncomfortable because I want more out of my life. I want more out of the life I could have. I want more out of my relationships. I want more out of, if, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I want more out of this relationship with Jesus. I don't want to just exist in the name of Christ, I want to thrive in the name of Christ. So so how do I do that if I'm not making it a point to spend some time with Him, getting to know Him? And so on Sunday, I talked about three areas where you could see where people who have decided to follow Jesus, you will see that there are three areas of spiritual practices that they've implemented into their lives that allows them to thrive in their faith. And I said on Sunday that the first one was daily devotions. It was on daily devotions. And I talked about that more on Sunday, but I I just want to hit some things on that as well. I, I love what it says in Psalm 119. Starting at verse one, it says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only on his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands as I learn your righteous regulations I will thank you by living as I should I will obey your decrees please don't give up on me oh I mean do you see how beautiful this passage is and I really do hope that your heart connects with this and how do you get to this place the only way that you really get to this place is that you're spending time with Jesus right you're spending time in his word connecting with him that's why I do want to encourage you to go to the Bible study link on our website so that you can be able to check it out it's www.encountercommunity.church backslash Bible-study. dash I'll make sure that it's in the description for those of you that are in your car and can't write it down right now, or walking, or on a treadmill. Is it another or? <laughs> or was eating a uh, carrot cake. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking about carrot cake right now. I watched a baking show and they had carrot cake on it and that's just stuck in my brain, but I digress. But I I love this. I, I love this. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions. Joyful are those who obey his laws. And search for him with all their hearts. Search for him. Do we recognize the value of the search? Do we recognize the value of the search? I mean, think about that. What if I told you that in your backyard was buried treasure and in that treasure chest, for example, there's a coin that's worth $30 million. How much Would you search for, wait, wait, come back. It's not real. (laughs) Some of you just turned the podcast off and just went to look in your backyard right now to try to find that treasure chest. (laughs) But here's the truth. When we're talking about time, we're talking about eternity. And you have the opportunity To begin to explore right now, to begin to lay the foundation right now, to begin to build your relationship with Jesus right now, that is going to allow you to exist for all of eternity. I mean, just wrap your head around that, can you? Just wrap your head around that. But more importantly than that, more importantly than that, I, I think about Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were first created, the, the Bible talks about how they would walk through the Garden of Eden with God on a daily basis. Like I, I'm, I mean, just imagine I'm I'm walking on the strand. And God is walking right next to me and we're having a conversation and we're talking about life and the waves and the sand and I mean, whatever. I would just be able to talk to him about whatever. That's the beauty of those who have allowed themselves to begin to experience him. And and that's the goal that you want to get to. I'm reading a book right now. My worship leader recommended that I read. I'm really enjoying it. The book is called A Place of Quiet Rest. And here's the subtitle, Finding Intimacy with God Through a Daily Devotional Life. And, And it said this, and I thought this was really powerful. It said, the most important purpose of a daily devotional life is not so we can check another task off our to-do list, but rather that we might experience intimate union and communion with God. How do we do that? Let me tell you, it's something that that we build. Uh, I'm gonna say something. I was hesitant to tell this story because it makes me look like an idiot, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and tell it again because once you hear it, you may be shocked that I'm married. (laughs) I'm just telling you So the very first night I hang out with Heidi We go to Denny's And we're hanging out in Denny's And we're chit-chatting And I look over at her And I say So What makes Heidi tick? And then when I got home I was like You idiot (laughs) What kind of question is that? So what makes Heidi tick? I am surprised. I am shocked that there was a second date and a third date. I am shocked and I thank God she is a woman of grace and forgiveness. But I'll tell you, she brings that up every once in a while to remind me how blessed I am. <laughs> what makes Heidi tick? Have you lost your ever loving mind? But that's the thing. When you first start in your relationship with God it's awkward it is it's awkward but then what happens you continue to pour yourself into your devotional whether it's spending time in prayer whether it's reading the scripture as you're reading it make sure that you are saying god i want to connect with you i want to connect with you i want to connect with you i'm doing this because i want to have communion with you god use this as an opportunity to speak to me help me bond. And like make that the absolute goal of your devotional life, not just to go through the motions. And and I'll tell you that there are times where it may feel like that still, but there are times when you'll connect and you'll experience things and you'll see things that you think, God, that's you, that's you. I remember one night I was, I was beating myself up and I was, I was praying and I was talking to God and I was saying, God, I, I suck. I, I just, I had just blown it that night. I just had done something stupid and I was just talking to God and I was like, God, I, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm not worthy of your forgiveness. I'm not worthy of your acceptance. I'm not worthy of your love. And I just kind of went on this tirade about myself and how unworthy I am of him. And then God spoke to me and, and God said, Ken, can, can, I, I want you to stop. I want you to stop right now. And I want you to grab your Bible and I want you to look up Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. So I went and I grabbed my Bible and I opened it up. And it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm blown away as I'm reading it now. To be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. In advance, in advance of my idiocy, in in advance of my failure, in advance of my struggle. By bringing him, by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Now, let me tell you the reason why God was able to bring that up to me. It's because before then, I was reading through letters written by a guy named Paul. And he had written most of the second half of the Bible called the New Testament. And so I was reading letters by him. And Ephesians happens to be one of those letters. And it just came to mind. So I went back and I looked at it. But then I heard God say this, Ken, my love for you has never been based upon your performance. So get up, dust yourself off, stop waddling in defeat and self-pity, and just embrace my love. that's what a devotional life does. Is it puts you in that place when you have that time. And I could tell you I was back at that time I was doing ministry at the church that I was involved with and I was downstairs. I was at the church, I was by myself. I was sweeping downstairs just doing some things and cleaning. And that's when God spoke to me. About His undying love for me, and it is—it's a passage that a passage that I, passage that I hold on to until this day because of what it means to me. But those who have a strong faith have daily devotions with God, and it just simply means that you make space for God to be able to connect with you. I love even moments like right now. I could tell you, like, as I'm speaking with you, I feel like God is here. That is with me as I'm outside in the brisk weather with the, the streamlights around me. And God is good. He's good. And the truth is he wants to be where you are. He really does want to be where you are. And then we said the other thing that helps people develop a really strong faith, a spiritual, and, and with this, let me, let me go back. Here's what we said about the daily devotions. It's not something that you just, Oh, Hey, I have some extra time. I'll do this right now. It's actually planned. It's actually a part of their life that they've made a decision that this is going to be something I do on a regular basis. And so they actually plan it into their schedule. This is my time. And I just want to encourage you do the same thing now. Here's the deal, some people are strong advocates of do it in the morning, do it in the morning, do it in the morning, do it in the morning. I understand where they're coming from. I understand the idea of wanting to set the first part of your day for God so that you set the tone of your day in the right way. I get that, but I'll also be honest. Some of us are just not morning people, (laughs) you know? So I can tell you, no, God's not gonna get the best connection with me in the morning time. So I would just say, do your devotional at a time that is best for you, when you are most alert and alive and enthusiastic, afternoon, evening, there's no rule there. God just wants to hang out with you. The second area for people who have an enduring faith is that they are percentage givers. And I know, this is the thing, I talked about this on Sunday and I talk about this now, this is not where I make the pitch for your money. But I'm honest, I'll tell you, it is true for Encounter, for those of you that are listening and members, and I said this on Sunday, that you know an Encounter does rely on the people that give. That's how we pay bills, that's how we pay our salaries, that's how we serve in the community. I mean, we, we do rely on it. It, it. There's no doubt about it, and there's no way around it. So I'm gonna be real about it, but, let me tell you now, I'm not driving a Gulfstream. I don't have a Mercedes Benz. You know, I have a Chevy HHR. And if you don't know what that is, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> you know, so so I'm not. I'm not after people's money. However, there is something about your heart. There's something about what happens in your heart. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse sixty-nine. remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will also get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, forever. Now, the percentage that is recommended by the Bible is 10%. And again, I I say 10% because I think that that is enough to where God tests us, but it's not enough to where it will wreck us in our giving. Now, I also know some people who give more than 10% because that's where they're at financially, and that's where they're at in their faith level, and in their trust in God and who he is. But there is this part where they've decided ahead of time, like, I am giving 10% of my income right off the top. I'm giving that to God that belongs to him. And I'm gonna trust that God will take care of my needs. Because that's what really it's about. It really is about trust. There's a story that I heard that was that was written by a guy named Rick Warren. Actually, I read it this week in my devotional. Uh, and, and he said this. I thought this was really powerful. He was talking about giving, and he said, that there was a father and a son that went to McDonald's. And while they were in line, they ordered their food. And when they got in the, actually they were in the drive-thru. And so they were pulling off in the car and the son reached into his bag and pulled out his French fries and was starting to grub down on his fries. And the father said, hey, can I have a fry? And the son hugged the fries against his chest and said, no way, no way. And the father was thinking, "Uh, do you realize how you have those fries? Here's the truth. If I didn't buy you the fries, you wouldn't have the fries. So you should be able to at least give me a fry the same works for our finances. Everything that we have is a gift from God. And every ability that we have to be able to make what it is that we have is a gift from God. It all is. Without God, we'd have nothing. So if God asks me for a fry, and I have 10, I'm giving him a fry. I'm giving him a fry. He's provided me with nine. And I know, here's the truth. And the dad also thought this. Don't you realize if I wanted to, I could buy you a truckload of fries. I could buy you a truckload of fries because he's the giver. He's the giver. So it's important for us to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to be stingy with what it is that you give me. I'm going to give that back to you and trust that you will take care of me and trust that you will take care of me because that really is the biggest test is do I trust God or do I trust my finances? It really is. It's a hard test. But when it comes to that, God owns the McDonald's. (laughs) So if he wants to give you some fries, give him one back. Give him one back. And just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I'll tell you, this this is something that my family practices. And it seems like God always takes care of us. And now I'm, I'm starting to try to encourage my kids to move in that direction where they're able to trust God with their finances as well and begin to practice percentage giving so that they can see how God takes care of them when they give back to him and trust in him. Not putting any pressure on them. I'm just encouraging them to to practice that kind of trust in a relationship with him as well. And just watch what God will do. Just watch what God will. And that's the thing about percentage giving, is he puts you in that place where you say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Now let's watch what you will do. I'm also not someone who will say, if you give God a dime, he'll give you a dollar. If you give God $10, he'll give you a hundred dollars. If you give God a hundred dollars, He'll give you. God is not a pyramid scheme, so I'm not going to say that. There are other ways that God also meets your needs more than just financial. But there's something about that trust that happens in your relationship with Him as you watch how He provides for you. And then the other area for people that grow in their relationship with God is there's that commitment that I'm going to be a part of a body of believers. I'm going to go to church on a regular basis. Because you know what happens at church is you realize that you're part of something that's bigger than yourself. You're part of something that's bigger than yourself. It was really neat. At our church, we had a woman who got into a car accident and her car was totaled out and someone in our church was able to find another car for her for two grand so she was in a position where she really couldn't afford it so she reached out to the church the beauty of that is our church rose up and blessed her now this woman has independence she's driving her car she's been blessed with a $2,000 car and God has really blessed her. It was, it was a gift to her. So as we, as we look at that, and and there are some people that actually loaned her money. She paid them back. It's all, it's all good. It's all taken care of. So there was, there was a portion that loaned her money. There's a portion that donated money to her, but she was able to get the car. And so it was just really great to see her level of enthusiasm. When she just, was able to get the car and now she's able to have freedom and drive around and get to the church. And it's just been amazing to see her joy. That's what God does. That's, that's the beauty of being a part of a body. Now you may be saying, well, Ken, that can happen anywhere. That is true. That is true. But there is one difference. There is one difference. There's a story of a woman who was wrestling financially. And she didn't really want to tell her church about it, but she did. And she was having a hard time paying her bills. She was a part of a group of friends that met on a regular basis. It finally got out about the struggle that she was having in her family. So this group of friends all got together, all pitched in and gave her the money to pay her bills. And she was blown away by it, just blown away by it. But here's the beauty of it. What happened is she goes home and she begins to pay the bills. And her husband says, wait, I know where we're at financially. How are all of our bills being paid? And she said, I have to tell you, my friends at church, they all decided to help our family, and they gave it to us as a gift. And at first, he was like, oh, my gosh, what did you tell your friends? Like, I'm embarrassed kind of thing. And she said, I tried not to tell them about it. it just I was just frustrated, and I, I really didn't tell them about it. I told one person, and then that one person felt compassion for me, so they told our group, and our group just jumped in and said, hey, we're family. And this is what family does. Family takes care of each other when we're in need. And we know that you would do the same thing for us. You would pitch in and you would do it for us too. And and so the husband heard this. About a couple weeks later, he said, honey, can I go to your group with you? I just want to say thanks. To them for taking care of our family. So she was like over the top excited, over the moon excited, because she had been inviting him, inviting him, inviting him, and he never came. But this moment of generosity so moved his heart that he just wanted to come and say thanks. So he came to this to their to their group and began to hear about Jesus and who Jesus is and how they wanted to model Jesus. And basically on on his experience, he saw Jesus modeled to him. Long story short, he begins to come more consistently. Eventually he decides to become a Christian and eventually he starts to get more involved at church. And then not only this, it turns his marriage around and they begin to meet with other couples. See, here's the thing. Yes, it can happen anywhere. But the difference with it being done in church and having that experience there is it could take on a flavor of eternal difference and making an eternal impact in the life of someone else. That's the part that's amazing about it. That can't really happen anywhere else where it changes someone's complete eternity complete eternity and trust in Jesus. That is why church is so important and why we should be involved in it because you never know what happens when family serves one another. So there's a commitment. Daily devotions, percentage giving, being involved in church. Those three things are the commonalities that we have found in people who tell their stories about having a rock-solid faith. What got them there? What developed it? Daily devotions, percentage giving, and being involved with the body of believers. Makes all the difference in the world. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Again, I'm just so blown away for those of you who would, take the time out to be willing to listen to this. I really do hope that it encourages you, uplifts you, and moves you in a way that causes you to trust God that much more as well. So have a happy Thanksgiving next week. Enjoy that time with your family. I may be recording next week. I may not be. Uh, it, it depends on the timing of everything. You know, We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, Keep your eyes on those of you that have the subscription or those of you that follow on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, keep your eyes open. There may be a new podcast next week. We'll see. We'll see. It just all depends on the timing and everything, but take care. God bless you. And again, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately love with God. Love out. Let's make a commitment to love others and love in. Let's love and do so because in doing so, we'll be the best version of ourselves and we will find so much of ourselves to love. So take care. God bless you. We'll see you once again. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church Podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, EncounterCommunity.Church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.